Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. family. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Will you stand with us as we begin to sing and worship our God?
Continue to sing to our Savior who's victorious over sin and death on our behalf. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope, no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. Death was arrested, my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life began. She's
Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom. for worshiping with us. You can have a seat. Good morning. It is a privilege to introduce to you Adelie Ladd. Adelie recently made the decision to follow Christ and comes to share her story of faith through baptism. Father Jesse's gonna be a part of her special day. Adelie, is that your story, that Jesus Christ has come into your life and forgiven you of your sins? Yes, sir. And it's your dad's great privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lake Point. It's a great morning. We actually have seven more people getting baptized. And coming up right here is brother and sister Jacob and Emily. And they actually asked Christ to their heart just two months ago at home. Jacob, is that true that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Awesome. Based on that testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Emily. Emily, have you asked Jesus into your life and surrendered your life to him? Yes, awesome. Based on that testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, and here we have coming in Devin. Devin, you asked Jesus into your heart just last month. Is that true that Jesus is now the Lord and Savior of your life? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes. Based on that testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, and here we have Hayden, and Hayden has his grandfather Johnny with him today to participate. Hayden, is it true that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life? Yes, sir. Based on that testimony, it's your grandfather's privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, next up we have Carson. And Carson, have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and surrender your life to him? Yes, sir. Based on that testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, Napoleon, how are you doing? All right. This is my buddy Napoleon, and Napoleon's with his dad, Everest, who's a pastor in West Texas. Now, Napoleon and his family moved here from Rwanda about 10 years ago. And then in January, he started coming to Lake Point. And then about a month ago, came to the Connection Center after church and met with Pastor Steve. And that's when he felt the Holy Spirit calling him, and he surrendered his life to Jesus. Napoleon, is that your testimony that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life? Yes. That it's your Father and I's privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh! 
now we have husband and wife, Brian and Claudia, and just three months ago started coming to Lake Point, and now you guys have made some decisions. Is it true, Brian, that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life? Yes. Awesome. Based on that testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Claudia, have you surrendered your life to Jesus and given him control of your life? Yes. Awesome. Based on that testimony, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, good morning, Lake Point Church. Hey, I don't know if you were counting, but that was nine people that just uh, got baptized today. Can we celebrate with them again? Man, it never gets old, does it? Hey, listen, if this is your first time here at Lake Point, we are really excited that you're joining us today. I wanna call your attention. The worship guide that you received as you were walking in today, uh, inside there's a Connect card. We would love for you to fill that thing out Uh, Give us uh, just a few uh, bits of information because a little later in the week, we want to connect with you and answer any questions that you might have about Lake Point Church. A little later in the service, uh, during our offering, you can place that card in the offering plate as it goes around. And uh, we'll, we'd love to connect with you a little later this week and answer any of those questions. Speaking of that, if you've got some questions about Lake Point, you've been here for a while. Um, this isn't your first time. Maybe you've been around for a couple of years and you've, you're curious about some of the things that we do, uh, ways to get connected here, or uh, you're curious about membership. Listen, I've got a great opportunity for you. It's called the Next Step Class, and it's happening in two weeks. If you would like to join us at that class, you can fill out the Connect card as well and check the box that says, I want to attend the next step class and we'll be sure this week to get you some information about that upcoming opportunity now listen Lake Point family next week is Easter and I don't know about you I don't know if you feel the energy in the room and the excitement that's that's surrounding that weekend but there's gonna be thousands of people that are gonna be joining us next week and we have two things to ask of you number one we're asking that if you haven't done so already go to lakepoint.org and and if you can indicate which service you plan to attend with your family that will not only help us to plan but others to plan as well by indicating the services that you're going to attend we'll be able to see kind of where everybody's going to be attending that weekend the second thing that we want you to do if you are a lake point member if you just attend all of the time we're asking that you attend our Saturday night services. We have two of them for you, the four o'clock and the six o'clock. Now I know some of you normally attend on Sunday morning, but we're asking for next week, you come on Saturday night and here's why. There's gonna be thousands of first-time guests here next week, and we want them to be able to walk on our campus on on Sunday morning and find a good spot to sit and a great place to park. And we can do do that if if we make room by attending the Saturday night services. Now we know for some of you that's just not possible, so if you uh, absolutely have to attend a Sunday morning service during Easter, we ask that you make it the nine o'clock service, not 9.30, the nine o'clock service next week. And we think this week, is going to be an amazing week leading up to Easter. God's already stirring in the hearts of people in our community. We know that you guys have been uh, um, inviting your neighbors and friends to be a part of this week, but we want to give you another resource this week to help not only prepare you, but to prepare your family and your kids for what uh, God is going to do in the life of our church this next week at Easter. So our Home Point team has put together a great resource called Easter at Home. And inside, it's got tons of activities for the family and for the kids that will help them prepare for uh, Easter this next weekend. Now listen, we're excited about next week, but we're excited about today too. Because we know that, that you're not here by accident. That all of us are here on purpose, and for purpose, and God wants to speak to each one of us today. So let's spend a little bit of time in prayer before Steve comes up and gives the message today. Let's open our heart uh, to what God would have to say to us through his word. Will you pray with me now? Father, we are so grateful for the life change that happens at this place every week. We're, We're thankful that we get to be a part of a church where we see you at work, not only in our building, but even outside of these walls, God. God, I pray now that as we open up your word, Father, you would speak to us, that you would meet us where we are today, and God, we would hear clearly from you. Father, we love you and pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
This is really a special place. Some of the trees in this garden are over 2,000 years old. Amazing when you consider that in the 15th century that the Turks came here and cut down most of the trees in Jerusalem as a sign of their conquest. And yet somehow the trees in this garden survived. Maybe so that you and I could remember what happened here on our behalf so long ago. The place where Jesus decided to lay his life down for you and me. It was in this garden or perhaps a garden like this that Judas came to betray the Lord. And yet that's not really what started everything. It was a prayer that Jesus prayed when he prayed to the Father and he said, let this cup be passed for me. You see, in that cup was everything that he hated, all of the sin and the poison of the world. And yet he said, not my will, but your will be done. We've been in a series of messages about dangerous prayers and we come on this very last week to look at the prayer how appropriate on this weekend that Jesus prayed on the night before he went to the cross for you and me if you have a Bible with you I invite you to turn with me to uh, Matthew the 26th chapter we're going to begin looking there at verse 36 if you don't happen to have a copy of God's word with you we'll have those on the screen as well and then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, while he was on this earth, was fully God, and yet he was also fully human. And being fully human, he had needs, a need to sleep and water and food. And on an emotional level, the need for human companionship. And so when he was in his darkest hour, he invited his closest friends Peter, James, and John to go with him a little further into that garden where he prayed this prayer. Because you see, the temptation was real for him. No less than your salvation and my salvation hung in the balance. The temptation that he had in that garden was the same temptation that Satan had brought before him three years earlier. It was a temptation to take a shortcut and to leave you and I behind to do it the easy way, to be recognized as God in flesh without the salvation of the world. Nobody wants to die at 33 years old. You certainly don't want to die the torturous death that the cross and crucifixion brings. But Jesus knew that it was even more than that, that he would literally go through hell on the cross. And yet he prayed this prayer. I want you to note as you look there in verse 39 that this first of all was an honest prayer. He prayed, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And what I think he does there is he gives you and I permission to be honest to God when we pray about God's will in our life. You see, there are times when God asks us to participate in his perfect will. There are things in the Bible that God has commanded us to do that we don't wanna do, that we know will be hard to do. And it's okay to come to God in prayer and say, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Uh, there are times, not in God's perfect will, but in his permissive will, in this fallen world, God allows hardship to come. And he asks us to walk through that hardship, trusting him. It's okay to say, God, I don't want to do that. God, I don't want to go through that pain. I don't want my family member to go through that pain. It's all right for us to be honest about how we feel about being in God's will. But I want you to notice that that honest prayer turns quickly to a prayer of surrender. As he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. When Jesus hung on the cross, there were those who mocked him, those who came and said, oh look, he saved others, but himself he cannot save. And they meant that as an accusation. It was actually a description of the choice that Jesus had made in the garden. 
You see, he chose self-denial and he chose self-sacrifice over self-protection and self-preservation. Jesus, don't miss this. This is the heart of the prayer. Jesus exchanges his I for thy. He exchanges the me for thee. There was an exchange there wherein Jesus was actually practicing what he taught his disciples to pray. You remember they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he gave them what we call the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. He taught them to pray that prayer. He's now practicing what he taught. Now that's the opposite of most of the prayers that are prayed from this planet that go toward the creator. Most of the time we pray, my will be done. Here's my plan, God. Here's what I want to happen. This is the path that I want to take. Would you move heaven and earth so that I can get my way? But that's not what he prays here. He prays the prayer of surrender. And the truth is, is the prayer of surrender precedes all other prayers. You really can't pray the prayer that we talked about several weeks ago, search me, O God, without first of all saying, I want your will. You certainly don't pray the prayer, break me, Father. Remove from me any strongholds that's keeping me from being in your will. And you certainly don't pray, send me. Before you pray the prayer, thy will be done. Your will, not my will. This is a radical, dangerous, scary prayer. How do we come to pray that? Well, it's right there in verse 39. It is a prayer of trust. Notice how he starts that phrase of surrender. He says, my father. Uh, somehow we missed the whole depth of that. They understood exactly that day what it meant. The word that he uses here is Abba, which means daddy. The addressing of God in such an intimate way is unparalleled in Jewish literature. It, it's the word that a little child would use if he was being cuddled in his daddy's arm and he looked up in the security of that grasp and he said, Daddy, cried out, Daddy. But that's the trust that we have to have to pray this prayer. When we pray this prayer, basically what we're saying is our God is good. We're expressing that this God can be trusted with that open-ended prayer. In fact, let me just say this. If you struggle praying the prayer, your will be done, not mine, it tells me a lot about your view of God. Because you can't pray that God if you don't pray that prayer if you don't trust that God is good. See, our real struggle is many times we look at the path that being in God's will may entail. We're here when Jesus prays the prayer. He's not looking and focusing on the path, which is a path, by the way, to the cross and to the grave. But he's focusing in on the person the Father who can be trusted. You see, many times when you and I pray, we hesitate to pray thy will be done because we don't know where that path is going to lead. Jesus knew exactly where it was leading, and yet he prayed anyway because his focus was not on the path. His focus was on the person of his Father, his Abba, his Daddy, his God. But the reality is, to some extent, all of our paths lead to the cross. When we say, thy will be done, we're saying death to my agenda, death to my desires, death to my preferences, death to the path that I have chosen for my life because I trust that God knows better than I do. This prayer, which is an honest prayer, a prayer of surrender, a prayer of trust, is a prayer also that we must repeat again and again. Look there in Luke, the ninth chapter. In Luke, the ninth chapter, verse 23, it says, and he was saying to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, there it is, and take up his cross, what does it say? Daily, and follow after me. 
See, truth is, is that you prayed this prayer. Maybe you didn't use these words, but you and I prayed this prayer when we were first saved. We came not only to ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins in our past, but we also called him Lord. In other words, we said, not my will, but thy will be done. You may have not used these exact words, but that's where salvation begins when we pray, not my, not me, but thy and thee. But it's not the last time we pray the prayer. Jesus himself in the garden prays this prayer three times. And in the same way, you and I have to pray this prayer again and again and again in our lifetime. Uh, my mom, when she was saved in high school, she prayed that prayer or prayer like that when she accepted Christ as her Lord and her Savior. But when my brother decided he was going to be a missionary and take her grandchildren to the tip of India, she had to pray it again. She said, Father, if you can let this cup pass for me, if he could go to West Texas and share the gospel, that would be good. That's three hours away. But then she prayed, not my will, but your will be done. It's a prayer that we pray over and over and over again. We pray it when God tells us to forgive someone that we don't want to forgive. And we're clinging to our lack of forgiveness as kind of a protection of our hearts so maybe that person doesn't hurt us again. And we say, God, don't, don't ask me to forgive him. Please don't ask me to forgive her. But then we pause and there's that moment of surrender and we say, but not my will, but your will be done. When God asks us to leave a particular job that's not God honoring, we have to pray it again, thy will be done. When God asks us to stay in a relationship that we want to give up on, we pray again, not what I want, but what you want. When God asks us to leave an illegitimate relationship that's harming our walk in Christ and our witness, we have to pray it again. And when we have to walk a path of pain, we pray not my will, but your will be done. If this is within your permissive will, Father, I'll walk this path and I will glorify you in it. I will not fight. I will cooperate with you. Don't want to, but I will. And especially when God reveals to us a sin in our life that so easily besets us, a sin that we are clinging to so desperately because we think it's going to provide something for us that we're not trusting a good God to provide for us. We have to pray it again just like on the day we were saved 10 years ago or many decades ago. Not my will, but your will be done. And every single time we pray it, we're declaring our trust in a good God. A God who did allow Jesus Christ to go to the cross, but also resurrected him and gave him a name that is above all names, that one day before which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. It was eight years ago that we found out that my wife, Marcia, had cancer. And it's something that many of you face uh, one out of every four Americans will have cancer of some kind. So you've walked the same path. Many of you, and are some today, this very day, are walking that path. And we went through surgery and we went through chemotherapy with all of its side effects. We went through radiation. And then afterwards, uh, an after-cancer drug to protect my wife, and yet it had all kinds of side effects arthritis and weariness we got word last week that she got to get off of those meds this next week now I gotta be honest like you when we found out eight years ago that Marcia had cancer we knelt beside our bed and we prayed father if it is possible let this cup pass from us we know that this is a world that has fallen and until you create a new heaven and a new earth that sickness and death is a part of this life. But Father, will you spare us 
Would you let the cup pass from us? And then we prayed the prayer that Jesus prayed the night before his crucifixion. But not our will, but your will be done. And we started walking a path that neither one of us would ever choose. But it's a path that God has redeemed. It gave you a chance to love on us as a family. It gave me an opportunity to serve my wife in a way that I would never have been able to serve her and brought us into an intimacy that we had not experienced before. And now he's given us a ministry together with understanding that we would not have had. Let the cup pass, we pray, on so many things. Nevertheless, not our will, but yours. And when we do, we pray that prayer and it puts us in alignment in God's perfect and permissive will that allows him to take us places that we would never have chosen to gone, go, but to do in us and through us what we've never been able to accomplish. Today at all of our campuses, we celebrate communion together. As we take the bread, which is broken, uh, it reminds us that we are loved. And as we take the cup, it reminds us of the prayer that Jesus prayed before he drank of his cup. That all of us as followers of Jesus Christ pray when we first are saved, but we must pray again and again. And when we do, God takes us on a path that we will have, would have never chosen, but that he is able to accomplish what we could never imagine. While Jesus was praying in the garden, Caiaphas, the Jewish high priest, sent his temple guards to the garden to arrest Jesus in the middle of the night. If indeed that ancient grove of trees was the Garden of Gethsemane, they would have had to come across the Kinron Valley and then come up this ancient path to the house of Caiaphas. It was down here under Caiaphas's house that they no doubt placed him after a mock trial with conflicting testimony. And during that trial, they asked him directly, are you the Messiah? And he said, I am. And in a sense, with those words, Jesus sealed his own fate. That evening, he was down here in the dungeon, all by himself, all alone. But it would be nothing compared with what he would experience the next day when for the very first time in time and eternity, he was separated from the Father. You have plunged me into the bottom of the pit, into the dark abyss. Upon me, your wrath lies heavily, and with all your billows, you overwhelm me. You have taken away my friends from me. You have made me an abomination. After a dark and lonely night, Caiaphas brought Jesus here to the Tower of Antonio. The scriptures tell us that Pilate turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be beaten and mocked. They took all of his clothes away and they threw a purple robe on him. And then they took some thorns and they made a crown and they pressed it upon his head. They put a reed in his hand and they began to mock him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him. And then they took that same reed and they hit him about the head. And then they took him out into the courtyard and they scourged him with a leather whip embedded with sharp metal objects. And then they took him out and they crucified him. They took Jesus from the tower through the Damascus gate and they brought him here to Golgotha, the place of the skull. There was a stone quarry here and uh, on the hill behind they would crucify people and there would be a road that the people could walk by and hurl abuse at those who were being crucified. Interestingly enough, this is a part of Mount Moriah. And you might remember from the Old Testament that Abraham brought his son here, was about to sacrifice him when at the last moment God provided a lamb to take the place of his son. In the same way, God has provided a sacrificial lamb for your sin and for mine. It was at this place that Jesus took the cup 
that he asked God to take away from him, and he drank it. And that cup was all the sin of the world. And when he drank it, he experienced physical pain, emotional pain, but also spiritual pain because he felt like he was a liar. He felt like he was a murderer. He felt like he had committed every sin of the world. But he took that cup and he drank every last drop of it. And when it was done, he said, it is finished. Today, as followers of Christ, we remember what he did for us and the prayer that he prayed and where it led by taking communion, simple elements that point back to a reality, the broken bread. He actually used bread that is, for those of you who have allergies, you can take of it and participate with us. But that broken bread reminds us that we are loved. So I'm going to ask that you take it if you're a follower of Christ. If you're not yet a follower, I pray this would be a testimony to you of a God that you can trust. And in your own time, I want you to take it and remember that you are forgiven, that you are now a child of God. Celebrate that today with me, that you can call him daddy, that you can trust him.
us as we continue and we're going to sing thank you Jesus for the sacrifice for that prayer that he prayed that he would bear our sins and our shame ask you to do something really scary right now just a moment we're going to pass the cup and when you have the cup in your hand I'm going to challenge you to pray that prayer that he prayed before he gave his life for us to say not my will but your will be done no matter where the path leads no matter what it costs me I trust you, God. Daddy. It's not the first time we've prayed the prayer. But I think sometimes as we've walked with the Lord for a while, sometimes I think it gets harder later on in our journey. We pray it for the first time. We know that it means that we leave all of our past behind us, all of our sin, all of our guilt, that there's a home in heaven that we receive Sometimes that's an easier prayer to pray than to pray the prayer in the middle of doing life in a fallen world to say, not my will, but your will be done. I know in a crowd this size and with those of you who are watching us online today that there are some of you who have never prayed that prayer. And maybe this is the day that you take the cup and you say, I'm going to receive the sacrifice that has been made on my behalf. I say today for the very first time, not my will, but your will be done. Maybe that's where you are today, and if so, welcome to the family. You're going to find that our daddy can be trusted, that our father can be followed. As you take the cup today in your own time, would you pray a scary, radical, dangerous prayer today.
If you prayed that prayer really for the very first time and you really understood it, you really meant it, I want to encourage you to take the next step, which is to be baptized. Lord gave us two things to remember what he's done for us. He gave us communion and he gave us baptism. Communion doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. But as we participate, it makes us to have grateful hearts. It's a way for us to say, I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of it. Put that on your Connect card. Just say, I want to sign up for baptism. Drop it in the offering plate or one of the boxes as you leave today or stop by the Connection Center. We want to help you take that next step. Let me pray for us. Dear God, for everything that you have already done for us, we say yes. We say thank you, rather. And for everything that you shall do for us and through us, we say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, Lake Point family, we're getting ready to move into our time of giving at all of our campuses. So if you need to make any preparations for that, go ahead and do that right now. Um, but while you're doing that, there's something happening in the life of our church next week that's so important that I wanted to take a second to give some vision and direction for, for listen, for how we need your help uh, moving into next week's Easter services. Okay, number one, Easter is the one time per year that studies show that 80% of people will say yes if they're invited by a friend to a service. So we wanna do that as much as we can by word of mouth, but there's another way that if we do it, we can actually get word to hundreds of thousands, uh, uh, maybe even millions of people. So what we've done is we have already on our Lake Point Facebook page posted an invitation from our church, from my family, to the Lake Point Easter services next week with information about where it is and how to find them. Uh, if you, uh, when you get in your car or when you get home or even right now in our services, could grab your phone or your laptop and share that invite to your Facebook page, your wall, to your relational network, that will help us get word to hundreds of thousands of people. And that may be the first link in a chain that leads to somebody being at Lake Point next week to hear about the life-giving message of Jesus. So if you do that, that'd be amazing. Uh, number two, there's gonna be a time in my message next week on Easter where at the beginning and at the end of the message, I'm gonna reference an Easter survey. And I'm gonna use that survey to help facilitate people who are visiting our services next week uh, to self-identify where they stand with Christ and to help them make a decision to potentially follow him next week. Here's what I need from you. The minute I mention that survey at the beginning and at the end of my message, I need everybody at all of our campuses to grab that guy like your life depends on it so that there's a, almost like a positive peer pressure in the room for people who are visiting to grab it too. So both at the beginning and at the end of my message, when I reference the Easter survey, if you could just grab that guy and all of us immediately start filling that out, that would help us tremendously. Well, Lake Point family, we wanna go ahead and be celebrating what we believe that God is gonna do by his mighty power. And last year, we saw nearly 35,000 people gather in Lake Point Easter services to hear about Jesus. And all year, the number one thing we hear in our Connection Center, uh, as far as when was the first time somebody was exposed to Lake Point, it's usually our Easter services. So right now, at all of our campuses, let's go ahead and have a rising faith to celebrate what God is gonna do in the lives of tens of thousands of people next week. Let's praise him for what he's gonna do, Lake Point family. We believe it in faith. We will see you next week.
Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. digital.